Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and PitcherList. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Welcome to episode 814 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Sunday, May 31st, and I'm your host, Paul Spohr. Time for a Fireside Chat with my guy, Nick Pollock. Nick, how's it going? What is happening? I, I'm so happy today because I was able to score four runs off Spore on the show last night. I hit three oh, home runs in four batters. Could yeah, not believe it. A, a three homers in, in four batter run there. Uh, you really did put a scare in there. You know, I'd say the third homer was hubris on my part, keeping Boyd bit. in a little, little bit of arrogance, uh, stubbornness, but uh, <laughs> legit. And I, I told you, you know, if you practice, if you put in time, say every other day, for two, three mm. weeks, we're, we're having games that are going to be yeah. really close. It's not yeah, a matter well, of me being a superstar. It's a matter of practice. Yeah. That's a game more than any game that I've ever played. Mm. Every game you need practice, but the timing of baseball, even the studs at the game, when they are on vacation or work puts them off for a couple weeks, they come back and they look human. So it, it really is a matter of that. I even said if we played a seven-game set in a row, the last – like. Five, six games would probably be close. Maybe. Uh, I will. I didn't mention there that Spore played as the Detroit Tigers and still True. scored 10 runs off of me. <laughs> so there is something to be said about that. Uh, I think Goodrum had at least two home runs, if he not two. more than that. But uh, uh, he went yard. Yeah. Um, um, uh, was uh, Candy Alario, maybe too. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Arbus did not have his command, and that, no, that was no, he certainly didn't. Um, very typical. But yeah, what are we doing today on this fireside chest? We're board? talking pitchers, of course. Oh, what? It's been entirely too long. I mean, we haven't had a fireside in a whole minute. Mm. Obviously, the the birth of the fireside was discussing things in season, and so without a season, it's, it's kind of understandable, yet unacceptable. Understandable, right. but unacceptable <laughs> that we haven't had a fireside in a while. But we've got a juicy one here, so we really oh, should yeah, get uh-huh. going. Uh, we're talking all sorts of different pitcher stuff. We fi- decided to kind of put things in a bunch of categories to decide who we were going to talk about. So I came up with a group of, of things that we're looking at. If you guys want to follow along, we're using the average draft position at the NFBC uh, since April 1st. Now, I can't give you a direct link from the April 1st part, but if you just change the date to April 1st uh, through 531 and then um, – Change it to online for the leagues. So we're looking at the 12-team online leagues. There's been 61 different leagues. That's the general ADP that we're going off of for the questions that Mm -hmm. encompass an ADP question. So let's just start right off the top, Nick. Sure. Who is an ace that you're fading? Now we're looking at the top 15 starters, loosely ace. You know, uh, you want to have a question about if Paddock's an ace and all that. That's fine. I just picked an arbitrary number there, Mm -hmm. 15 as the cutoff that you think will be outside the top 45. Wow. So a big drop. It can be somewhat injury-related, but I'd rather it not just be, well, he gets hurt and only pitches 12 innings. The idea is whose skills do you have some concern about? So we'll start with you on this one. A top 15 SP that you think might be outside the top 45 pitchers at season 10. So there are a couple of ones I could go for here. I'm not going to take the very popular one that is, I, I think we both agree, is just way too high at the moment. But maybe not. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm going to go with Clayton Kershaw, okay. which I don't want to be right about in the slightest. <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel like MLB is just better when Clayton Kershaw is dope. Um, now, there was a lot of talk in the offseason about Kershaw getting his velocity back. Mm-hmm. But if you talk about all of these pitchers, like if someone's going to take a massive drop real far down, 
it's a guy that has shown declining velocity and that velocity isn't upper 90s or mid 90s it's we're talking like 90 and if that continues to go down i mean obviously there's the injury part too but this is someone who's continually have to re recraft himself really um and if there's someone that's going to fall that far that means essentially they're turning into the toby territory he's the one that i think could be that do i actually think he's going to be that far down no in some ways i think there is a decent floor here um, yeah, with, and, with, and that's um, that's why they're top 15 right right exactly great floors here so we're not putting a high probability on it right but we're trying to entertain it i, I like what you said off, off the uh off the rip there about you'd like to be wrong on it there's gonna be some answers that i give that i'd like to be wrong on not that i don't mm-hmm. believe in them just that i don't want to see a guy like Kurt clayton kershaw exactly. fail. i don't really want to see my my pick fail either right and i actually went with shane bieber oh interesting and, yeah and he's actually somebody i would definitely if you say you know are, are you pro or anti Bieber, I would I would find myself more on the pro side. My concerns come in is that even in last year's big breakout season, he was still toting a 1.3 homer nine, mm-hmm. uh, which can be dangerous and it's the quickest way to really elevate your ERA. Now, of course, uh, to kind of fudge things a little bit, we're also in a short season, right? So two three homer games could elevate his ERA to a point where hmm. he's got like a 465 on the year, but those two starts did most of the damage. Sure. And and so it could be a little one of those things that's kind of goofy, but still fits the criteria here. So while I do like Bieber, uh, he loves living in the zone. Um, he can get strikeouts with, he's got stuff to get swings and misses, but he does live in the zone enough that home runs are a problem. There's a lot of chatter out there suggesting that the, the juice ball will be back uh, at the similar levels of 19 which hmm. would, would keep the ball flying out of the parks. He did have a, a 229 average last year. If he if that average goes up at all, and those are, are two-run, three-run homers instead of solo shots, I do think Bieber does have some risk there. I am a fan. I'll still draft him, but I draft him with a little bit of that trepidation up at the yeah, top. Yeah, definitely. There's a, there's also Jack Flaherty there, who's, I mean, I think yeah, that's the easy that was the one. one that we And I was like, there. all right, we've done this enough. He's at six, yeah. which I, I, like, I'm not going to say that Jack Flaherty should be outside the top 20 or something. No. necessarily but i feel six is there are other guys i mean clevenger we talked to steven lineman on uh, on saturday i had a fantastic panel where i just went over all the injured guys mm-hmm. and he was actually it was really fascinating he was initially in florida saying oh man i hate that he's on his knee so quickly he he's not giving you the proper time to heal so then we were originally out clevenger. but now exactly with clevenger and then i uh, but now it's actually it's all right it's healed again now he's so actually given it the time so I'm so in on Clevenger, and I I actually find myself after talking to Steven, like why wouldn't I put him like at six now, Clevenger? So yeah. see Flaherty ahead of Clevenger to me at this point. Um, if, as long as we can acknowledge the injury stuff is pretty much done with Clevenger, I, I think that you have the same ceiling and just a better floor overall. Yeah, um, I haven't updated my list uh, since you know we kind of really oh yeah of course into quarantine here, but. Clevenger's moving up from 18 and he's probably moving past Flaherty who's at 12 and 12 and Flaherty's price has always been my problem. It's not a matter of Flaherty yeah. being good or bad. Yeah. It's the price six already to me seems so aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I know I've got somebody with a risk of his own in Blake Snell with the health risk from last year, but I don't know. I just, I, I feel more comfortable with him and even, even uh, teammates Strasburg and Corbin over Flaherty. It's just, I just have a hard time getting there with Flaherty. And I figured that was the obvious one that you're talking yeah. about. Obvious to us because we're both, fun. That's had not- our our <laughs> negative talk about him. Let's right. move on to some positivity here. Uh, favorite tier two risers. Now we're talking about guys in the SP twenty five to forty range 
who you think can be a top 10 guy, can really jump off, go crazy, and put up that big top 10 season? Who do you like here? So, I mean, there are there are a couple, certainly, that I think can do that. Um, I do uh, – okay, so I think the fun one for me is Corey Kluber. Um, I, I know that the shortened season – um, you made a great point saying, like, look, Bieber can just get rocked a couple starts, and sorry, you're not in the top 10. You could actually be outside the top 45 because of that. Um, Kluber is certainly known to be a slow starter. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's an April thing or not, and we'll finally know. A weather, you know, a weather-based thing. I do right. know one of the years it was. There were there, I want to say like three of his first five or six starts were weather delays, either in the game, like uh the game started 45 minutes later, or got rained out and he started the next day. So just throwing off his routine and mm-hmm. he had started slow. And I think it was one of the Cy Young years. I'd have to go do the research, but I think it was one of Kluber's Cy Young years. And he's always had these kind of like slow starts. Even last year, he had a slow start that he never was able to recover from. Is That's it April happened. or is it just starting slowly? I we'll hope it's, I hope it's April. Uh, because also Globe Life Park, that's a pitcher's park now. Uh, yeah. And that should definitely favor Kluber a bit here. Uh, he still has two amazing secondary pitches in that, I don't know, slider curveball. Uh, we, it's a, you know, it's like, it's a slider and a curveball. I'm like, yeah, I think so too. But then it's also labeled as a cutter a lot. Like, I don't know. Go with, two breaking you got to go with the Doug Thorburn. He calls it a slidra. A hydra. Slidra. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the greatest name for it. Oh, that's came fantastic. Up with that a long time ago. And because it's a curve cutter slider. I mean, I think yeah. it's all three. Yeah, right. Exactly. And he can manipulate it so well, Kluber can. So that's your pick. I like that. I'm I'm actually really back in on Kluber this year. And, and really it's interesting. Um, and I understand that also with Clevenger, I talked a little bit. It's health risk and same thing with Kluber. I've done a lot of thought about this, about, okay, health risk guys. Am I going to uh, be in on them or out because it's a shortened season? And the way I feel about it is I'm going to be more in than normal um, because it's just less time to get injured. And guys are going to, it's it's like you essentially have one week, you know, let's say you shrink, shrink it down that far. It's, like it's gone completely. So this helps in that respect. Certainly you're talking about um, making the decision. So someone gets yeah. hurt, he's out three weeks. You're cutting basically. Right. That's a, that's a good point too. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're the, that, that is a good point because I think a panel, either the one just before or, or two before was talking about hanging on to guys too long. And like, when do you make a decision to bail in this shortened season, you can make that decision much quicker. So take those risks. You're not left hemming and hawing in between. If it's a four week, if it's a month long injury, that guy's gone. I mean, right. that, that, that guy's just gone. Uh, unless you're in a head to head, maybe you get him in the playoffs after. And after talking to Steven, I mean, he really convinced me uh, about uh, there's some concern about, oh, it's a shortened season. They'll have to ramp up faster and all that kind of stuff. And to, I mean, he was saying, like, look, they're still doing this routine stuff. Pitching is attrition. Um, the more that they're pitching, is the more susceptible to injury then. Um, and the fact that they are kind of having easier pitching now, um, they'll be fine when it comes to start of the year. It might actually be position players that are more hurt than it is pitcher uh, pitchers by this shortened season. Um, I, I completely understand. Like, look, you want you want to make sure you get three months, right? And that's like yeah. so important. in this is that you get three months. And I totally get that. Maybe I am not taking in enough of that risk. I uh, at the same time, I mean, I see Kluber now. He's at thirty four here, and I know that there is about five or six closers that are pushing that. So I'm going to say maybe around 25 at best there yeah. uh, for this ADP, man, I'm so in on that. I really think that Kluber can take that step and just be a legitimate ace for you through this season. Yeah. I think seven, 
Seven relievers, I think, is what I'm counting off offhand there. So that moves him to 27th for Kluber. I'm with you. I'm I'm in on Kluber. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm ready to buy back in. I think the uh, quote Matthew Barry the hate's gone a little bit too far there as far as pushing off and thinking that he's done. I'm in on Kluber. So that's a good pick there for your uh, tier two riser, someone in the, in the 25 to 40 range who could be a top 10 guy. I went with a guy that I've been pumping up a whole bunch, and I think it'd be. Uh, surprising if I didn't pick Frankie Montas. Yeah, there you I, go. I, yeah, I absolutely <laughs> adore him. Uh, we 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 know how I feel, and and he is in that range there. And I really do think that he can put it all together. I'm not I'm not phased at all by the PED suspension. I do even like the fact that he did come back for one last start against the Angels and was mm-hmm. right back on track. Um, you know, the fastball slider splitter combo. He's got three pitches. He's really shown the pieces of everything over the course of his seasons. And then last year, finally put it together. He used to be the flamethrower who had no idea where it's going. Then he didn't walk anybody, but was getting beat around the yard. Then he took all the pieces, put them together last year. I think this year, big year, Frankie Montas, easy peasy. Honorable mention to Paxton because when he's healthy, sure. that dude that dude can be a top five guy. Yeah, and, exactly. And that injury thing you talk about, if he could stay healthy for the three months, I could see a top five season. Yeah, but Montas is my official pick. Yep, I understand all of that. Um, there's, I see some questions here really quickly that I'd like to address just about Absolutely. Kluber's. If Kluber's velocity is still down, I understand that. I think that there were reasons for that that I imagine by now it should be fine. Um, and I think there was a little bit more than just velocity that was a problem last year during the April. He just wasn't into his rhythm. And then, of course, he had terrible luck with the forum. Yes, he did get injured trying to rush back for the Indians. I'm not concerned about that long term. I don't think that bleak, now right? he's all an injury-prone guy or something like yeah. that. That's not that's not nearly as close to, like, say, the Paxson or, um, I don't know, like the old guys are like Steven Matz. That's where my head goes with, like, injury-prone guys. Uh, Charlie Morton, but even that kind of in on Charlie Morton now because it's normally at the end of the season – Rather than the early one, but I. Uh, but anyway, I I want to also do a quick shout out. We we just got some new donations, about a hundred dollars towards it. Uh, some, some great contributions. Please, thank you so much uh, for supporting what we're doing here. Uh, we're getting close to our goal. That's now seventeen hundred. We're looking to raise uh, by uh, nine p.m. So please consider. Con- uh, Is that eighty three? Eighty three hundred dollars we've raised. Isn't this crazy? Crazy. That's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, and we're so close. We're so close to that $10,000 goal. Hopefully we can hit that. Remember, 50% of everything we're raising is going to Feeding America. So, yeah, definitely look at the link below here. Go.rallyup.com slash PitcherList. Support if you can. Uh, it goes to, obviously, a great cause. Uh, all right, Spore, yeah. the best unproven breakout, that is Glasnow, Luzardo, Freed, Urias, Gallon. Who's the best one here? I'm going to be a generous guy and leave you, Gallon. I'm not about him. I mean, you have, but again, you'll probably be burned at the stake if you didn't pick him. Hmm. So I'm going to go with Julio Urias. And oh, interesting. I, okay. I understand Dodgeritis is is there. It's prevalent with everyone but Kershaw Bueller. That Those two are locked and loaded as long as they're healthy and upright and ready to go. I think Price is pretty close to that too. So really three-fifths of their rotation this year, given the health piece. But I think Urias can stake his claim to not being – jarred around this year particularly in the shorter season yeah he's probably going to be more of a five six guy but he can be efficient when he's on he's efficient as well and i think the dodgers are smart enough to go pitches over innings i've always Mm -hmm. felt inning counts are so stupid when you should do pitch counts and allow the pitcher to get more innings if his pitch efficiency allows that right yeah and i think the dodgers are the team that is smart enough to do that so i think all the talents there i remember when the shoulder capsule happened we were worried that this was going to derail uh, a, a very bright career because 
that's kind of where we were. Well, the science has advanced a bit to the point where that's no longer a, a pitching death sentence. And he was excellent last year in an 80 inning sample. That's about what we're going to get this year. Now, a lot of it was in relief. I acknowledge mm -hmm. that, but he's shown in each of his seasons that he can start too. He's mixed and matched. He never really has any issues. Arias going from starter to reliever back and forth. I think he'll be a full-time starter this year. I love him. This is a guy, I mean, he's gonna be 23 this year. I'm invested in for this year and beyond. I really, really like Julio Urias. Tough group yeah. to pick from, but I'm a fan. So so Urias, I think his best skill is fastball command. Um, he does such a good Which job I'm with it. With. Yeah. And yeah, and that's that's a really good skill. And regardless of the negatives I am going to mention really quickly, that floor of having a fantastic fastball um, that I think we're not really appreciating enough. Um, is going to allow him to you know, have the foundation to then develop as we would like him to. Mm -hmm. uh, I do wonder if Urias has a breaking ball that we really can trust. Um, he doesn't have, uh, I mean, the eye test makes us think that it is excellent and elite, but really his slider curveball really haven't impressed me a whole lot. Um, the curveball is is a good show. Me. It like, looks gorgeous, kind of mm -hmm. like a Rich Hill one almost. But it doesn't do a whole lot in the whiff department. And zone rates have been high. It's like a good called strike one. But I wanted to see something that is more overpowering, more of like, okay, oh, man, it's it's 0-1. He's going to put him in the hole with this curveball and then probably do it again. That kind of thing that gets you excited. Like, oh, you just can't touch this. This is great. I, and I he, understand that. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. And he, he's, he doesn't quite have it yet. And the slider is has that potential. I, I don't know if he's necessarily going to get that. This year, changeup is great though. I really, I think the fastball changeup combination is what really makes him tick right now. Hopefully, that slider can just be number three, and then the four is a show me that curveball that can work out really well. I just haven't seen it fully come together yet, which has me a little bit hesitant. Prediction: What what I feel about him? One of the reasons I love Julio Urias so mm. much. I think as a full time starter, that curve is what takes the step to turn him into a stud. Mm. I think when he's relieving, he's really fastball slider because that's all he really needs to be in. The, cur the, the curveball is almost back pocketed. I think we see it open up more. Um, and the changeup, by the way, really, really fastball changeup slider uh, as, as a reliever. You don't need four pitches as a reliever. Going to start two as a starter. I think the curve could overtake the slider as his best secondary or at least his best breaking ball when he becomes a full-time starter. I think there's there's – gas in the tank there that we've yet to see and i think that pitch is going to take a big step you look back at some of his starts from last year where he let it go a bit and and threw it in the the 12 plus percent range which is not a ton mm -hmm. but but more than the uh i think five or six percent was his season usage i think he's going to open up the curveball a bit more as a full-time starter i think arias has development it's a good point to mention now but I am projecting improvement there that uh, that I do see. But I I I, I, think I hope you're right. Bring it up. Yeah. Oh, I, I hope I, you're right. I remember. I remember like four years ago. I think he debuted against the Mets in uh, in City Field, and I just oh, I remember yeah, watching. Memory recall is. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's certain moments when it's like a new pitcher, and I just get excited about certain things. So that's when you know the amygdala gets that's hit and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the curveball swooping in, and then he threw like surprising sliders all of a sudden like he didn't really touch it at first it was always his fastball command that was just like that was like a laser to spots like up and in without without uh, effort it was fantastic but we've been waiting for so long and now might be the time to get some sort of spotlight because it's a shortened season we weren't expecting 180 innings or something from Urias. the beauty is so he's only 23 too so we have Crazy. been waiting it's because so it's around so long so there might even be a little bit of that fatigue there uh who's your guy here out of again glass i mean Leonardo, and, freed Urias, and gallon 
I'm a I'm a gallon gal now. Uh, right. Gallon gal as well. The official term now. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to say it every single time. Um, yeah, Zach Gallon to me is has the absolute tool set that you want. Like everything that we look for. I mean, obviously he doesn't have like the 98, 99, but 93, 95 on that four seamer with elevation consistently. Mm-hmm. While also the um, I, I like that he has the mentality of not giving in. He trusts his stuff, especially that curveball and and changeup. To as you saw in his debut against Paul Goldschmidt, three two bases empty, first batter of the inning, and he throws a changeup. To, to, nasty to, you change. I'm going to get this guy out, no problem. So gross, dude. And then he later told me he he did that because he also felt I can deal with Ozuna and get a ground ball if I need to. Like that's the kind of I love confidence that. you want to see. Um, and even though that his his slider, which is which is a slider. It's called a cutter, but that's the way he throws it is a slider, but he has to think it's a cutter. So it comes out on top. Uh, that pitch goes in and out a little bit, but that's okay when that's your fourth. Cause he has a curveball breaker and then he has his changeup as well on top of it. If you notice last year, he, I mean, he was getting eight strikeouts just consistently every game uh, in the second half. The, the Diamondbacks have taken him in and really made a blueprint for him. He definitely described without throwing, he's not throwing the Marlins uh, analytics under the bus, but he was just saying, I really like what Arizona was doing. Um, it, it fit him better. So uh, I, I'm stoked. I can't wait to, to see a full season of Zach Gallon. And also, I mean, I know it's a shortened season now. It's kind of too bad for Gallon, who was prepped for 180 and more. He could have gone the full 32 starts. Definitely. Um, which, you know, when these young guys were always baking in these these lower innings totals, I don't think he had to with Gallon. That, that was right. just another cherry on top that made him so appealing. So, obviously, I'm a Gallon gal as well. I'm with you. Uh, I was going to clear the runway and let you do that. What's our next category here? Yeah, um, so we've got the proven veteran that you're fully fading. That is top 25 starter you see outside of the top 50. Would that be Granky? Darvish, Kluber? Well, not for me. Morden, Corbin, Kershaw, or maybe even a top 10 guy. Boy, this one's tough. Mm. Um, I think Kluber's the obvious pick for some folks if they're just worried about the injuries. You and I, I've already declared we're very much not yes. uh, fully in on Darvish. So that's not a concern for me. Th- this is this is a really tough one for me to feel great about. I mean, I know you could probably go back to the well with, with Kershaw, the pick that you made earlier in a similar category. Man, I, I get we, We're both going to say the same one. We both Are know. We- it's gonna be it's gonna be cranky. It has to be cranky. Uh, yeah, it has to be cranky. The, and the reason I'm hesitating, you're you're exactly right. And the reason I'm hesitating though is because whenever we try to end him, he goes out and puts up another brilliant season. He, he can't do it forever, Spore. I know he can't, but he can probably do it another year. But yeah, that is gonna be my pick, um, just because even as good as it is, and it was excellent last year again, it still feels like it's on a wire and. Sure. I think, you know, the age is starting to become 36. The, the reason the age matters, it's not that he has a long history of injury. In fact, quite the opposite. He's, he's been remarkably durable, Grinky has. But when, when you hit your mid-30s, there doesn't need to be any warning at that point. There, mm-hmm. There's not necessarily a couple nagging injuries that start to build up. It can be the immediate plunge. Right. Cliff you're Lee. going, you're going. Whew, exactly. Cliff Lee's a great call. And, and, and even into the same type of pitcher. Well, just sure, a yeah. iteration of. So I love Granky. Um, I'm not even averse to drafting him, but if I'm picking somebody out of this group here, it is him. I, I believe in Morton. I believe in Corbin. 
I believe in the top 10 guys, so I'm not picking one of those. And I already mentioned I believe in Kluber and Darvish quite a bit. Those, those are two right. of my favorites. So it comes down to Granke, and um, I, I don't I, – I often do pass him, though. Like, I'll draft him, but it's usually one extra pass through the, the draft further than he should. Like, he'll be my top pitcher. Mm -hmm. I'll need a pitcher. I'll go hitter and say, if he's there the next round, I'll get him. Right. Exactly. I never feel that confident drafting Granke. That's a great way so to put it. So he's your pick as well. Do you want to expound on this uh, further? Well, okay. So um, I will say this. Uh, we're both saying, look, we actually kind of – I think we both kind of like Granke at his current price. Um, I go back and forth a little bit because the short season stuff, you think, okay, someone like Granky, who actually has 23% strikeout rate is not impressive. Um, and that's going to be a factor in a shorter season. And maybe that falls down a little bit more. I mean, that's the ceiling kind of, we don't really expect him to go up to 25 this no. year. And if well, anything, it's going to be down. Quick jump uh, on that. One of the things that always protected him was the volume. Cause he was still right. getting a volume of strikeouts. Not that's not going to, he, he right. can't. He can't separate himself as much there. Sorry, I just wanted to take now, that there, point there out about this. He is still IPS, though, and IPS will still be a factor. Mm -hmm. So he is going to be constantly going past six, uh, which is a, which is a really good skill to have right now, and it will help us ensure wins a good amount for an Astros team. Especially so there is some yeah. consideration there for Granky, but the fact that the other guys all have that foundation or that floor of a higher strikeout rate innately and then competing ratios are the same way, it makes him the call here. I'm going to be fun for a moment of a guy that I absolutely love and I okay. find myself taking all the time, but I understand in a three month season, what if Darvish has a bad three weeks and same idea with Bieber of still allowing home runs yeah. that can crush you. And that can actually push him outside of it. And um, if he loses some of that control and command that we saw last year for Darvish and again, turns homers into two run, three run shots instead of solo shots, that's where it can go sideways because two seven earned run outings and you're tanked as far as right. your bottom line ERA. Exactly. But at the same time, I mean, I, I really think that Grant, uh, not Granky Darvish turned a corner. I agree. And throwing better fastballs, cutter slider is really, really tight. Now his knuckle curve that I learned from Craig Kimbrell is fantastic. I, I, I am so excited to watch him. I can see that bottom falling out in a shorter season. Mm -hmm. I, I think Rinaldi makes a great point too. Granky's a staff construction guy and yeah. really depends on what you're building. He can fit as a perfect piece as Definitely. opposed to just, he's the top guy. I need a pitcher. Go with him. Yep. All right. Our next category here is a top 25 SP breakout from 2019 that you fully buy. And I picked a group of guys here, Flaherty, Hunjin Ryu, Bieber, Giolito, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, Mike Soroka and Jake Odorizzi, these guys all finished top 25 on the Razball player Raider at mm -hmm. starting pitcher, and it was an unexpected kind of like rise up. So who do you believe most out of that? Oh, man. Jack I like these right? most because I don't like buy any of them. Really? I <laughs> thought you were a Giolito guy. Uh, so, okay. So, I mean, that was um, – I mean, Giolito was not in that list, by the way. Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, there he is. There he is. Hi, what's up, Giolito? Good to see you, bud. Um, but I, uh, I mean, I under, like, I would say that I buy into Bieber's a little bit more than the others, just because the whiff rates of the curveball went way up, and I think that is, uh, is something more sustainable. Um, I would say that, I, I, I would say Soroka, but not in this frame. That is, I don't buy his breakout as like that's who he is. Like that low uh, sub three ERA or something. Right, sub three ERA with like a twenty percent strikeout rate. I don't you buy him as another Kyle Hendricks. Right, I, 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 
I know there's been a lot of comparisons, Hendrix and Soroka, the same thing. Uh, for me, it's Soroka has a lot more ceiling when it comes to strikeout ability. Um, there is, is no sorry. Is he the, is he is his generation's Granky then? Cause Granky spiked great, great strikeout seasons eventually. And he started a little bit slow with his strikeout rate too. That certainly can be it. Uh, I don't remember that about Granky. That's great. Um, with I uh, with Soroka, slider and, and changeup have a lot more potential in swing strikes. I, I can see that taking off a bit. Now, I will say it's capped a bit because he is a heavy uh, sinker guy going inside that is going to end at bats sooner than getting the two strikes. That's just kind of how he is. That, that's the thing, yeah. I don't he think he's a strikeout. strikeout rate, but I do think he's more of a 24-25 with, a, with very good ratios. I mean, 110 whip, we're talking you know, low threes, very attainable, I think, for Soroka this year with a good striker rate. I mean, that's to me a breakout that I would buy into. Yeah. I think that's a good pick there. I like, I like Soroka a lot. I, and he's a staff construction guy too. Um, you don't really want to be putting three, four different strikeout challenged guys on, on your right. roster there. But uh, if you are strikeout loaded with maybe a little bit of ratio risk, Soroka slots in there perfectly. I'm going to go a little bit off the board here and I, I'm, probably not relative to what I've talked about, but maybe the pick that people aren't necessarily expecting. I, I believe a lot in what Jake Odorizzi did hmm. and I've kind of highlighted his season um, in, in previous episodes, but if you didn't hear, you know, if you don't remember those, cause they were so long ago, the trajectory of his season looks like fast start, big fade because he did have a run there. And if you, the way depends how you cut it off, you can do this thing where it's like, um, you know, he started with a, uh, 192 ERA through his first 13 starts and then had a 477 in his last 17, right? So it's like fast start and he just kind of held on to the finish line. Thing is, when you dig deeper, you realize it's a 192 start in the first, thir- uh, excuse me, a 192 ERA in the first 13 starts for Odorizzi, then a 799 in the next seven. He had a, he had a June swoon that lasted into a bit of July. Uh, it was a seven start run with, with an eight ERA essentially, but mm-hmm. then he rallied and finished with a 289 in his final 10 starts with 70 strikeouts and 56 innings. I think Minnesota really found something with Jake Goderizzi here, understanding what he does best, maximizing him, working that high heat, which you and I are obsessed with. Oh yeah. Getting him out when he doesn't, when, when he's, tanked you know even if it is in the middle of the second time through and really limiting how often he goes the third time through 15 wins again i would not project that just because i i would barely project 15 wins for hardly any guys except maybe sure, the top yeah. 15 but that's going to be a good team again so i do think the win total opportunity is going to be strong i believe in the mid three zra i believe in a low 120s whip i really like jake go and given the price he's the easiest to buy into for Definitely. me because if you like him, you're not even paying this giant premium compared to the other guys. Yeah, I would say of all of these, Odorizzi is the one that's most likely to be on my, team, my teams because of the price is much lower than a lot of them here. Yeah, I, Odorizzi's sinker last year had like a 15% swing strike rate. Nice. And, and that's not like Andrew Heaney's. It kind of is. But he had a distinct difference between sinker and uh, four-seamer. Um, yeah. Crazy. Absolutely crazy to me. Uh, the one concern, obviously, with Odorizzi is kind of something that you you touched upon, was which was him getting gassed and that the Twins will pull him out a little bit earlier. And I, I, I'm i still trying to figure out exactly what kind of weight I should be putting on IPS for this shorter season. Because um, yeah. if he isn't going that far, I think he had 160 innings in 30 games last year. Yeah. It's not what you want to see necessarily. 
At the same time, if it is productive innings, and that will be just fine as about the, what, the 60th starter off the board, I think that's easily the time where you should be taking that kind of chance where, if you, yeah, if you can get that mid-threes ERA with a good whip and a nice 25 to 30% K rate, uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic at that price. And that's the thing, even if he peels back, Odorizzi, uh, your investment is such that you can afford exactly wiggle room there and Definitely. of course if there is a total flame out you can cut him yeah so so the, just to go back to the giolito talk really quickly i mean yeah. I, can, I mean i mean i see erod here and that just like gives me pain uh <laughs> but uh giolito it's it's weird because his changeup was so good last year and i just can't buy that it's actually that good Okay. Uh, it was and that really propelled him. Obviously, the arm, uh, the arm circle change where he put out his elbow and shortened it a bit, which is very important if you're a super tall and lanky guy like Giolito is mm-hmm. uh, to shorten that up and get his timing better. That definitely helped with his four seamer had fantastic perceived velocity because he is really long getting out there. Good extension. So that 94 looks a lot harder than that sounds. And having that change up as a I, I kid you not is at a 52 percent zone rate it still had a 20% plus swing strike rate. Like that is really, really good and just not something that's going to stick. There's just, there's just no way to me that it's going to do that. So I think he takes a step back there. There is a possibility that his slider gets better. And if you are able to say, okay, the changer gets worse, but then we have a slider that he can throw early in counts then to pitch backward a bit, which really should just be called pitching. Uh, then then we're okay, and that could easily happen with Giolito. I don't really expect the curveball at any point to be fixed. As beautiful as it is, falling from the sky curveball, <laughs> it's just too much. It's too ridiculous, I think, for him to really figure out right now. That's not something I should be expecting. So I, I'm, I'm conflicted on Giolito. I find myself hovering around 20 or so with my ranks for him, but he should be good it's just a little worrisome and then erod is just purgatory like do you want to go through purgatory great get erod no and and i brought this up before too so if you listen to the pod or or read my writing you've seen a few times and i apologize for the repeat but even during his big run uh, in the second half last year for erod his whip was still like 130 yeah it was like (laughs) before it he had like a 4-3 ERA with a 1.37 whip. And I used to say, oh, before, that's like June or something. No, that's like August. You had to deal four months with a terrible pitcher for your team that's literally dragging you down. Not literally, figuratively, but still, it hurt. It felt like that for everybody. Man, and you don't want to go through that. You really don't. As much as I want to believe that Erod has a slider slash cutter that is going to work, and be that pitch that he needs to throw strikes, kind of like how Luke Weaver needed it, and he added it. Erod is still struggling to find that for him. Uh, it's just, it's not going to work. It just isn't. No, I, I'm not there. And, and you and I have talked to Erod. We've actually, the, the trajectory of Erod chatter on this fireside has been really interesting to see the evolution of it, how we've hmm. kind of ebbs and flows with him. And now we've really kind of decided that even coming off what is a big season for him. And it was propped up by the winds too. When you go look at like a, a, a Rasball player rater or an auction calculator, understand how much that wind total is pushing him up. We just can't get there now until you and I see a change that shows an improvement. I think he's exactly. kind of what he is, which is decent, but not great. All right, um, let's take a shift here. Go ahead. Yeah. By the way, we've already raised another hundred dollars since uh, we brought it up before guys. We are getting so close. We're at about 1600 away now. $8,400 raised, which is crazy. That's crazy. I mean, this is unbelievable. Really, thank you all so much for supporting. 
Uh, remember, 50% of everything is going to Feeding America Fantastic Cost. So really, thank you guys so much. The, the, the support for this has been amazing. You know, and I'll, I'll give you kudos and, and the Pitching List crew again for putting this on. It's been such a great weekend. Mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. So happy to be a part of it, too. Oh, of course. Um, I, 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 I take a quick jump here and talk about Ronaldi's comment here regarding first-round aces and saying that that he'll, he'll never pay for them. I, I don't believe that there is backing to say that that the percentage bet is worse than, than a hitter. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think there's actually proof that of the opposite, um, you know, sale got hurt last year. Some guys struggled, but this idea that that first round, I know you're not a first round ace guy and that's fine. That that's a philosophy thing though, based on how first off 12 right. teamers, strengths and stuff. Second, my secondly, And your strength of, of discovering pitchers, um, which is mo- easier to do uh, in a 12 team. Cause it's more plentiful pool, yep. but you know, the thing of it is, in 15-teamers, those those lockdown aces as first-round picks, the DeGroms, Cole, Verlander, Scherzer, Kershaw in his peak, they're remarkably valuable. So I wouldn't close myself off to it as a never first-round pitcher guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's the injury risk, but go back. If you get the baseball forecaster in the front part of the book every year, they do like the last five years look at the first round. There's just as much attrition from hitters, if not more than there is from pitchers. We don't get the first round right that often. Uh, overall, there isn't inherently more risk in a first round pitcher than there is a first round hitter. That's, that's all I got to say there. I like, I like debating with Ronaldo though. Let's move on. We're taking a shift. We're moving from the ADP to our personal lists. The most recent ones that we put out, which both are outdated a little bit right now. Oh, yeah. We'll update those once we get a proposal locked in. I don't want to speak for you, but that's what I'm going to update. Oh, yeah, 100%. The second they say something's the ready, day, I'll have it. Yeah. I've actually been updating mine, but I'm not going to publish it until mm, we're live. Nice. So we're jumping to our rankings. A guy in your personal 35 to 60 range who you believe can be a top 10. And I'll post our rankings uh, in the chat uh, for both of our recent lists. All of them. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> That's why I, I just believe there. in all of them so much. <laughs> um, there's a part of me that wants to say Shohei Otani, but I obviously can't because he won't okay, get the I, I put him as a as a like got to name him because if for some reason he just pitched and they said no hitting or something, he could actually be like he has the talent. So right. Exactly. We'll put him as special consideration. Right. Like if 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 we knew that um, if Shohei Otani pitching every five days, like 100 percent easily could be a top 10 pitcher. I'd put um, him as like my top 15. In yeah, game. something. he'd be inside my top 20 without a doubt, if that were the case. Uh, so I would say Matthew Boyd, because I'm a Boyd boy. You're a Boyd uh, boy. I, I boy really, boy. really can't emphasize enough that A, he increases, was increasing his velocity in spring. Um, we got to talk to him. He was saying that, yeah, it's just a gradual process. He doesn't get to a point and stop. He's just continually trying to get better. And it makes a lot of sense, of course. Yeah. Changeup was fantastic. And that used to be a money pitch for him. Uh, and he's starting to incorporating it a little bit more and it looks filthy once again. Uh, and oh yeah, he has this fantastic slider. Now I understand that his home run rates were terrible last year. I believe a one eight, nine Homer per nine, mm-hmm. which was Second so bad. Was tough. And during that stretch, it was a three. <laughs> um, and I remember, you know, he was talking about it where, um, boy would say like, look, when I'm going through that, I would think I have to throw the next one harder. And that was his mentality. And then we're just like, no, that's not it. And he was like, I know that's not right. Yeah. And that was something in the moment that I was, you know, I'm correcting. So that does give a little bit of a favor saying, okay, maybe he won't be, you know, he won't be that home run prone uh, moving forward. But so it's obviously a risk reward here. If we're talking about a guy who could turn into that, if the homers come down, which is again, a very big if. 
Sure. But if that happens, Boyd has, I mean, he has a strikeout ability. We all know this to do that. And it was still good in that time. It was just the home runs that were propelling his ERA up. And he has the strikeout ability to um, outrun the fact that his win total should not be expected to be that good. The Tigers are still going to have a poor club. Um, He only got nine wins last year. That would still be a challenge. But if the ERA came down, it was four and a half last year. The whip's already at one, two, three, which is solid and one sixteen the year before. So shave that down just a little, but bring the ERA down to like a three twenty. All those strikeouts gets lucky with a few extra wins. Maybe even gets seven this year, which would be oh, that'd be great, impressive. I would love that. I, I could see it. I'm a Boyd boy as well. We yeah. love him. Uh, we, we even saw him will be the show. He can get a little bit homer pro oh, yeah. three and four at bats, especially if it's manager stubborn. <laughs> Which I was. Uh, all right, I'm gonna pick one uh, that that you spoke with. Actually, I'm gonna pick Luke Weaver. Mm, love I'm a, it. I'm a big love Luke it. Weaver guy. I was super geeked on his breakout last year. He was a guy that you know I, I don't even want to backpad on this uh, as far as like picking him as a as a guy that I was in on. I thought it was an easy call to be honest, and not just because he was successful. It's easy to say that after the fact. I just thought because he had been so forgotten after right. the the busted 18, which we were out on. Remember when he was way too high in 18, we're like, whoa, that price is, he has not shown anything for that. He goes and makes all these changes last year uh, with the new team. And that trade was sour to some, like the, the Kelly Weaver part was soured Mm -hmm. because everyone was like, you got ripped off for Goldschmidt, Arizona. So I think that even pushed him down a little bit further. He comes back, has this cutter that just goes off to go with the fastball changeup, finally gives himself a legitimate third pitch. Cuts the walk rate big time, uh, really difficult to square up. The only thing that could slow him down was the injury. And as I always say, even if you come back for like two innings, the way he did exactly two innings, the fact that he finished the season on the mound, his last appearance was September 21st. That makes me happy about not worrying so much about injury. I love Luke Weaver. And I do believe there is the the tools. Plus, I like that Arizona team. I think they could be a good team. Mm-hmm. So I think they would support him wins-wise to go with all the ratios and strikeout metrics. I think Luke Weaver could be a top 10 guy. Yeah, I, I can see it. I mean, I, I wonder if he's going to get enough strikeouts to warrant the top 10. That's the only like. Yes, thing. because now it's like a 25 to 30 is what I see the ceiling for for Le- for Weaver, not like 30, 35, like the true elites. But to be top sure. 10, you don't necessarily need to be above 30%. And, and, you know, he's been putting together these strikeout rates that are strong without an elite swinging strike rate, 10, 10, 10, uh, basically 10% sure, yeah. every year with like little decimal differences, but strikeout rates of 27, 29 down to 20, but then back up to 27. What if he did find something that got a little bit right? Yeah. Oof. More whiffs and like did start to push into the low thirties, right? That, that is not something I'm projecting, but even as is, I like him. Um, we mentioned a universal, honorable mention of Otani. Do you have any others? Because uh, Shelly hit on somebody that like, I love, Musgrove, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't give him of a course. mention yeah. there. And I still think there's huge strikeout upside. His stuff is so – Arsenal is deep. Arsenal is nasty. I still think he could do so much, and I agree that I'm buying in on New Pittsburgh. Uh, any any um, honorable mentions for There you are so Arsenal? many. Yeah, give, uh, give, a, give, give me two. Give okay, two. so I will say I, – I want to have fun. I'm going to say Kenta Maeda is one. Oh, I love that. Uh, because I'm he has a strikeout ability to do it. He yep. certainly certainly has the whip ability to do it. It's just, can he go on a run where he prevents home runs for a good amount of time? Not to mention wins will be there because he's part of the Twins. And they will, like, the innings contract, the thing we're scared about with Maeda, gone. 
It's gone. He's like he's not gonna be there. There's not enough. No more Dodgersitis. Right. Sorry, it's like a true three months of Maeda that we've been dying for. So I'm I'm yep. getting Maeda everywhere that I can. I mean, it's 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 such a clear to me um value pick to make. It's everything that you want all of a sudden. All the concerns are gone now. Uh completely so especially it's still a great team. So even exactly. leaving the Dodgers doesn't oh. curb his his win ability. He stay he goes from the AL to NL, so the getting pulled out because of pitcher hitting is not a concern, though that wouldn't necessarily be a concern in the NL this year with expected universal DH. Mm-hmm. I love Maeda. And frankly, um, if he had gotten traded, I would have thrown Stripling in there too. Oh, I, still hate, I still hate Artie Moreno for that. Yeah, um, that's I, I think. I think he does a lot of what yeah. what Maeda can do. I think he has a lot of uh, of similar capability there. Uh, give me one more. Ooh, I mean, I'm trying to decide between my children here. Okay. Um, all right. Just for the sake of it's a fireside chat, let's go with Caleb Smith. Uh, if he goes, <laughs> look, uh, he actually even when we sat down with him, he might only get nine starts. That's perfect. Yeah, right there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when we when we talked to him. He actually expressed like, oh, yeah, I was not the same um, because of my hip the rest of the year. It definitely helped. It definitely brought down my velocity. I couldn't get into the groove and I didn't give it enough time to heal. I mean, now he has. Uh, and it makes me wonder if we'll see that velocity back up. And if we do, uh, that could be really, really amazing again. I mean, he really came out strong last year with a 15% swing strike rate. I mean, that's not those are skills that are really hard to just find. The ability to miss bats and the fact that he wasn't allowing as, as many homers. Right. And he was curbing those that, that home run rate. Now, you know, we had our whole thing about it. But I think playing through injury, and, and we learn these things in passing. Eno gets this out of guys. You got this out of Caleb Smith. That is so key. And a lot of times yeah. we we think fast on it, and, and, we, and we try to say, I wonder if that was lingering. Like, we all believe Chris Davis is – running into the wall in Pittsburgh yeah. carried with him the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. But some of the less obvious ones, we don't know. We, and we as a fantasy baseball community tend to think if they're on the field, they're hundred percent, which couldn't right. be further from the truth. Exactly. So exactly. I, you know, again, for all the joking that, and, and the, the whole argument we had about, <laughs> could not do it, you know, it was he, just- he's still somebody I would buy though, because the price right. yeah, it's is such down, that, that even with my, my pushback on him in that convo, Everything comes down to price anyway, and he's mm-hmm. not expensive. So uh, I, I can totally hear that. And I've been pipe pumping up this uh, Marlins offense. Not that they're going to be a stalwart, just that they won't be embarrassing. They're sure. not going to roll over every game the way they did last year. There is a problem. Uh, the fences are coming in, which is not going to yes. help. Not as not going to help us home right now. But we'll, see. we'll see. Eight feet. I, I believe yeah, it maybe, not. maybe right. Maybe I should go yeah, look up no. how many home runs Caleb Smith allowed that were within that eight feet. Yeah, exactly. It's like or it might not be a huge deal, but right. uh, um, and and one other thing worth saying: we worry about home runs. I brought it up with Bieber and, and bring it up yep. with a lot of different guys. Giving up home runs even at a high clip, one point three, like Bieber did last year, does not preclude you from success. So yes. Caleb Smith could still have his home run issues, but walk nobody cut the hits, strike out everybody else, and you say he had, he had a 1-3 uh, home run rate, but he still put up a 3-4 ERA right. because Verlander nobody had else. Most home runs. What's that? Verlander had the most home runs. Exactly. He also exactly. had the most innings, but nevertheless, you can still have success. Exactly, exactly. All right, so last one here as we're winding down. Maybe we'll have a little time for questions if, if necessary. But uh, mm-hmm. two in your 75 or later range that you think can be top 25 guys. So you're looking at 
big jumps here, putting some things together, finding some health, unlocking a pitch, et cetera, et cetera, whatever you want here. And you can give more, uh, you're giving two here and you can give a couple honorable mentions if you want, uh, since we do have about seven minutes. All right. I'm going to go with Spencer Turnbull first, your boy. Okay. And I love that. I understand the wind stuff, but his sinker was so bad, but his fastball was actually so good. Uh, he went inside of the uh, the P-Val draft that we have because he had a, like a 14 P-Val. Um, not I to mention the cutter pick. of Kluber was negative. <laughs> and that was a first round. That's a first round pick. Corey Kluber's cutter as the negative pitch for your squad. If you want to find out more about P-Val, tweet at me. It's like the best draft. I've decided uh, my pick. I didn't put it in last night. I'm sorry. Oh, but do you know? Uh, it? I've been up for like I've been up for like forever, y'all. <laughs> forever. But yes, but, I, uh, I will put it in when I get home. All good. I uh, so Turnbull, I think, has two breaking balls that he's still figuring out a little bit, but I think for sure. the actual ability of them is great. Like mm-hmm. these two pitches can be that you know that Bieber kind of style of four seamers and then a slider curveball that work. Um, he's essentially free right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get turnbull for like nothing. Uh, and this could be something that really takes over. So uh, I remember actually we were talking about turnbull this or not this time, but preseason in 2019. Yep. Um, I don't want to say this time because it's I, I forget it's May 31st. It's not, it's not quite, but <laughs> yeah, the off season last year. <laughs> but I, uh, but yeah, it, it, he's someone that's still on our radar. And I don't think that his skill set got worse. It's just that it hasn't been fine tuned right. And there's a possibility that his singer goes away in favor of that three pitch mix. And that could really work out for Turnbull. I, I love it. I, I have been in on Turnbull since last year. I remember, I think it was Vlad Sedler who at Arizona Fall League last year, last year meaning yeah, yeah, 2018 Arizona. I said something about him and he goes, Spencer Turnbull, I like him. And I, was, I thought he was joking. I was like, that wasn't sure if he was memeing or whatever. I was like, are you being serious about the Turnbull stuff? We started talking about I was like, dude, I'm like legit in because I wrote his HQ forecaster box. Hmm. So I did some real deep dive on him and I was like, there might be a little something here. And he showed flashes of it last year. It's a great call. I like that one. I'm deciding between okay. two guys with the same last name right now from my list. And I'm deciding, do I go with a guy who I uh, your last name <laughs> enjoyed writing up this off season on some things? Or a guy who I can't quit, and I'm probably an idiot for not being able to quit him. So I'll, I'll go with the latter. Or excuse me, I'll go with the former, the first guy, Pablo Lopez. Okay. Do, you know, do you know who the other is? Uh, Jorge Lopez. No. Uh, although on, Ronaldo, but still, Jorge yeah. Lopez. Eno and I have been, Eno and I have been low-key in on yeah, Jorge yeah. Lopez forever, which. But 12% swing striker for Jorge Lopez. Did you realize that? Uh, but believe me, again. There are sleeper in the busts from like four years ago where Eno and I, as a brewer, are talking up Jorge Lopez. (laughs) And he's kept he's kept the Jorge Lopez mantle going on rates and barrels. I think he mentions him like once an episode out of nowhere. Eno is always Uh, like I remember that. He was like, Jorge Lopez just shows up randomly. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Like he'll be doing this search and it's like 12 aces and Jorge Lopez. It's, <laughs> it's hilarious. But Pablo Lopez is a guy that I really like. And I did this, I did this article series called uh, good pitches from bad pitchers. And mm. Bad pitcher was a guy with a four and a half ERA or higher, which yeah. is bad. It's fantasy bad. Yeah, like yeah. That, in real life, you're getting a yeah, you're million dollar a year contract. <laughs> uh, if you could guarantee a four fifty for 30 starts. So um, he had this changeup last year that that did quite well 
um, regarding with regards to league averages on a lot of different things. Not to mention the fact that he already has two fastballs, four seam and sinker. They're distinct, plus a curveball, and only only the sinker was particularly bad. The other mm-hmm. pitches were actually pretty solid, and the changeup really showed uh, s- some top flight capability at times for for Pablo Lopez. Plus. He was one of those guys you, you talk I, – I call it game logging. When you really break in – and I know some people bristle at game logging. And like, well, you can't just eliminate those starts. It's not to eliminate them. It's to understand how an ERA is made, and I think it's very important. When you give up 10 earned in three innings the way he did at the Mets Oof. for Pablo Lopez, ah, cool. that's going to do damage the rest of the year, especially when you only get 21 starts on the season. The fact that he had a one hitter for seven innings against them the very next outing shows you the volatile, the volatile nature of pitchers. But he had a 403 ERA before that and a 461 after. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you a 461 is excellent. Right. But to get a 461 over 13 starts, you got a lot of good starts mixed in there. Bottom line for me is I, I believe in Pablo Lopez. I don't believe he's a 509 ERA guy at all. Even with that, he had a 124 whip. I already spoke well of the uh, Marlins offense, giving him a little bit of extra support this year. I know you like him. We actually had a little bit of back and forth on him last year. Um, But I'm in on Pablo Lopez, so I think he's a guy who could really jump up. They've got some nice pitching in Miami. Yeah, it's it's surprising. It's like one of the things – I remember even last year we're all just like, hey, Miami pitchers are kind of cool. Uh, Sandy Alcantara is a guy I like too. Interesting, right? So interesting. 97 mile per hour sinkers. I don't really like sinkers, but that actually gets whiffs up in the zone when it works. Yeah. It's that's a very interesting guy there, too. Uh, with Pablo Lopez, uh, we got to talk to him. Awesome guy, like incredibly smart, too. Uh, and He's just pole. you know, it would have been it would have been a doctor, right? You mentioned Gallows Pole, what that's crazy. Um, but uh, he really recognized, and, and he actually even talked about it, saying, like, yeah, I need to increase my change of usage. Yep, and hearing that is just ooh, be still my beating heart, like that's crazy. That's so cool to hear that, uh, because that's a fantastic pitch. I, I love that pick completely. I have one question for you. I think this is kind of be the last question we got to do because we reached the top of the hour. What is Pablo Lopez's floor? Four twenty ERA or whatever you said. <laughs> Nick said last year that is like his floor is like a four twenty, four thirty ERA. I'm well, like floor harder. If like with his new velocity, that's what I was expecting. Yeah, more of that. Oh, I was like, that's not his floor. Floor. <laughs> You know, you we weren't even talking injury. We were yeah. just talking about like performance floor, and it's it's hard to even ever pinpoint a, a, a performance floor. But uh, yeah, that's that was the the thing that we had last year. I was like, wait a minute, and then he gives up ten in one start, and that floor goes out the window. Yeah, which that's not the floor I bought. You know, you like stamp on the the hardwood floor, and your foot goes through it. Yeah, you're like, oh no, yeah. oh no. And then, yeah, you had been feeling around through his first seven starts. Like, this floor is pretty solid here. And then, boom, your foot went right through it. But, uh, no, I really like him. So then we won't get too deep into the other ones. Uh, Just a couple other names. I I can never quit Eovaldi because health is is all that that he really needs. I say all. It's a huge deal. And he's never had it for extended periods of time. And another guy that I am moderately interested in. I don't know why I'm interested in so many bad team players but uh the more i looked at john means in the offseason the more i was like i don't think he was a stone cold fluke last year i think there was actually some viability i can't i can't do means because he's inside my top 75 so i can't even do that Ah, okay yeah so i maybe need to move him up um i'm i'm so in on means also the fact that he might be increasing his curveball usage and making that better right that could be fantastic last one i'll throw in is actually his teammate wajahowski yeah uh, who actually showed a uh, really good curveball and um, actually calls it a slider and a cutter, I think. 
a really good slider and a cutter that just is so effective in the zone. And if he's able to find both of those on a given day, I mean, we'll have that 10 strikeout game against the Red Sox again. So there could be something to that. But anyway, we got to get going. Uh, I'm going to uh, call this moment. Paul, so good to see you. Nick, great talking with you. Had a blast. Again, thank you so much for what you're doing with PitchCon. This has been truly amazing, man. Great work. Thank you for being a part of it. And it's always good hanging with you by the fire. Thanks for listening to today's Fireside Chat with Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.